Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as mm-hmm. soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Oh, yeah. And I know that Russell does want to change that about himself. Although, from time to time, I do hear from people that say that their loved one, the person with the problematic sexual behavior, does not want to change. Can I say there's two things that need to change when you're working with sex addiction. One is you've got to be willing to do the hard work to change individually what you need to change. I mean, I was talking to a man today, and he's thinking about going into a treatment center, and I said, have you followed my 10 tools? And he looked at me and he goes, I don't remember what your 10 tools are. Now, the truth of the matter is I've been seeing him since 2018, but clearly I have not been able to see him for more than six to eight sessions a year because he just falls off the planet. And so I went over the 10 tools. Um, No, he wasn't following that stuff. And so I said to him, very earnestly, listen, you have got to be able to do the things I ask you to do because if you do not do them, you're not going to get better. And I can refer you to a treatment center, but that's like somebody who wants to lose 100 pounds. They don't try to alter what they're doing. They just want to go into a hospital and have bariatric surgery. And although that's has been known to work, wow, I think I'd rather save my 30, 40, 50, 60 K and try some of the least intrusive, um, at least intrusive tools and techniques, treatments, before I spend that kind of money, perhaps fail again. So I'm just asking you, When you love somebody who's an addict or you are the addict, do you break it down into two identifiable areas to work on? The relationship recovery and the addiction recovery because that's what has to happen. Speaking of relationships, I got an email from a woman named Karen. And she said, hi, Carol. I'm so sad that I married my husband, only to see he has no ability to be intimate. He shames me. He shames my emotions. 
And he has left me so damaged and full of anger and resentment that I just don't know what to do. I need your advice. There is a part of me that knows I need to forgive him, but he's not doing his work. And so I'm asking you, Carol, should I go ahead and forgive and release this? When I really want him just to disappear. We've been married 43 years. We've been separated 18 months. He's still acting out the fantasy and masturbation. Maybe not often, but it's present. And he doesn't see that this really affects all areas of his life and mine. So... When you think about my husband, is it bad that he infrequently looks at pornography and masturbates? I just need your advice. And what I know that you're going to tell me is that I probably know what's best. You see... I don't love him, and I can't imagine ever being physical with him. So even though I'm talking about forgiveness and my grief, and I hope for a better life, the trauma I have in my background, including three date rapes from other men that I had dated or been married to in the past, keep me very angry that this man is into fantasy and masturbation. Please advise. Okay, Karen, here's what I have to say about that. You know, you have been through a lot. And nowhere in this email does it say that you're getting help. And I do want you to get help. Because you're asking me, you've been married for 42 years, and you're saying this man is shaming you and your emotions. He's left you damaged full of anger and resentment, and yet you want to forgive and release this. I think that's a noble desire, but it doesn't make sense. You have a lot of resentment and anger. I mean, and your trauma background really indicates that you've got complex post-traumatic stress. So you want me to talk about forgiveness and grief and give you some hope for a better life, and you're not going to like this, Karen, but your hope for a better life means what you need to do is start focusing in on yourself, get yourself to a good trauma therapist, somebody who does somatic experiencing or EMDR, somebody who really understands trauma so they can help you work on the past. And then... Although assertiveness is not a standalone treatment for sex addiction, partner recovery, it is something that you need to do more of with consequences to let him know what your bottom line is. Because I promise you, the thousands of men that I've worked with, they always say to me, Carol, the one thing that helped the most was knowing my partner's bottom line. So I'm afraid we can't talk about forgiveness yet. We can definitely talk about grief. You know that's in phase two of your recovery. You got to be safe and stable, and then you got to grieve. And then we got to restore. So I want one foot into that grief and one foot into intentional self-care. And that's what I believe will really help you in the long run. Okay, now, it's interesting because I have had this man on another podcast that I do. Carl Thomas is a man who has a certain um, philosophy, if you will, about pornography. And we're going to be talking about that philosophy. He really thinks, like I do, that with any kind of manifestation of compulsive problematic sexual behavior, you need connection 
and you need um, emotional intimacy if you're going to get healthy. Now, you know, if you're not married, if you've got a dog or a cat that you love unconditionally that loves you, that's a great start. And if you are somebody that's in a relationship or are married, you know, you want to work on that relational factor. But truly, one of the best ways to get connection so that you can create an antidote, if you will, for addiction is to find it in your fellowship, to find it in the program that you're working, no matter what that program is. So tonight, Carl and I are going to be talking about, gosh, what it takes to get healthy. And he actually has a ministry called Live Free Ministry. And so he believes that he can help men to get healthy by connecting and just looking at how to manage their life's challenges without the maladaptive resources like pornography. You know, I just realized they say this all the time. When I describe a show and I put the word pornography in, it comes across just fine in the title and it comes across on the tags. But it either eliminates it um, in the description or it calls it ornography or orn. So, okay, after I get done with this show, I'm going to go back and, and really try to redo this. Um, I love that Blog Talk Radio protects people from being exposed to shows that contain pornography, and that's what this is all about. It, like, censors me because it, it's wondering, why is she wanting to use that terminology in her description? Yep. I I don't believe in censorship, but I do. I especially do with kids. And that's why we'll also be talking to Carl about how we can protect kids um, from this ongoing battle. Because what we know is that pornography, masturbation, um, are all ways to medicate loneliness, boredom, isolation, And when you're medicating those feelings, you're not figuring out how to work with them, how to have them actually help you to alter your life so that you don't feel them. And that is so important. You know, what I really appreciate about Carl is that he doesn't look at any of this as the enemy. He looks at, you know, ways that clearly men and women can live free from pornography. Okay, so what do you got planned for the 4th of July? This is going to be an interesting 4th of July, is it not? I just did my Fox 59 segment here on my local television uh, station. I do it every Monday. And I talked about how you can create memories for your family. And to do the small things and involve the kids and have family meetings and brainstorm ideas and do it with music in the background. There's something about music that that activates, um, that activates your ability to get motivated. I was just doing my weeds and I had to go get my iPod because I wanted to listen to my favorite music makes it much more enjoyable. Speaking of enjoyable, I'm thinking about last time I listened to music other than weeds was last night when I did something called pedal boarding. Have have you all seen this? It's not a stand-up paddle board because, of course, with that you use oars, but it is like a stairmaster, and you pedal, and you have bicycle handles, but they don't turn, but they have brakes. So it's a wonderful way to get exercise, have fun, listen to some music, and just get really jazzed about being on the water. I'm going to ask you, what is it that you do that 
helps to work out and manage the anxiety you may be feeling from COVID-19 or from having a sex addiction or from having an unhappy marriage. It is so essential that you work on six needs when you're looking at managing your life. And those needs are your social needs, your physical needs, emotional, spiritual, purposeful, and intellectual. So if you take those six areas and bump up how you're meeting those needs, you have, will have created a program for intentional self-care, and you'll be utilizing adaptive coping skills as opposed to maladaptive coping skills. And that's what life's all about. It's not so much, you know, what we think. It's what we do with our life to manage our lives. And that's what Carl Thomas and I are going to be talking about. Um, And I just know this man is a wealth of information. He teaches men and women alike to live free. And so, Carl Thomas, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Hey, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been excited to have you on because truly a lot of my listeners feel like if they connect with somebody in the ministry, they might be judged for some of their behaviors. And one thing I know about you is that you are absolutely the most non-judgmental man I've ever met. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, I do my best. <laughs> Well, I know, and and probably does take a little bit of effort, but truly, when we work on being non-judgmental, it works for us because, of course, it's all about then building community, and that is certainly what you have tried to do. Um, How long have you been doing this work? Uh, Well, I've been been working, I guess you'd say, in this area of ministry for almost eight years, uh, maybe nine, but... Uh, we started Live Free, uh, the nonprofit that I currently uh, run, that started last year. So we're we're going on about a year old. Uh, I mean, we're about a year old at this point. Mm-hmm. And so tell our listening audience, how did you get involved in this nonprofit ministry? Oh, well, it's a – I don't want to take up your whole show. <laughs> but I dealt – I mean, I dealt with this issue, uh, struggle, whatever you want to call it, for many, many years myself. I mean, as a kid, teen, college, adult, got married, still dealt with it. Uh, And then I finally was able to find freedom when I, well, when my perspective basically shifted and I started viewing my choices in a different light. Um, And as a result of the massive shift I saw in the quality of my life and in my marriage, you know, I just, I wanted that for other people. So, you know, just decided to leave the insurance world. I was, I was the president of an insurance agency at one point, but just left that behind, decided to pursue ministry. I worked with a large organization that dealt with this for many years and then left that organization to, uh, to start what we're doing now. So you really took a risk, and you had that purpose, and you probably heard me saying that if one attends to their social, physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and purposeful needs, they have great intentional self-care, and it motivates them almost to create a legacy or or to help people out in kind of a 12-step way, if you will where, you know, you gain something and then you give it back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, I'm, I would say without, I mean, going on and on about it. I mean, that was, that was the big shift for me, honestly, was when I started connecting uh, what I wanted to do with my life and purpose uh, and, and recognizing that the behaviors I was engaging in were counterproductive you know they weren't they weren't going to get me where I wanted to go uh so that was a that was a big that was a really big shift for me and and honestly I'm 49 now so 
at this age, you know, I'm less worried about advancement or um, even money at this point. And I'm more worried about, like you said, legacy, like, Hey, I want to leave something that's going to help people. So that's, uh, that's a, a large, a large reason why, uh, why we decided to go or why I decided to go the route I did. Well, you know, Patrick Carnes, uh, teaches four modules when you're going to become a certified sex addiction therapist. And he actually did coaching and realized that once somebody has good recovery, that they need to be looking at their life saying, how can I give back? I've already transformed. What can I do to improve the world? And what kind of legacy can I leave? And I got to tell you, Live Free Ministries is definitely a legacy. I want to ask you, part of, I believe, your platform is being non-judgmental. And so you don't really see porn as bad, do you? You don't well, believe I that porn is bad. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, we, on our website, we just say, hey, we don't think porn is a problem, right? So um, I tend to, I tend to like, you know, moral religious views and, and moral things aside, uh, in this, when it comes to this conversation, I tend to want to frame things as healthy and unhealthy, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, I don't, while I'm not saying porn is good, and I'm not, I don't recommend it to people, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't call it, I, I don't think that's the problem, right? The problem is the person, and, and that's not to me, put shame on them, but I'm saying, like, the problem is the damages and the pain and the stuff that they're dealing with, and and so we need to focus on helping the individual heal um, and helping them get to a place where they can make better decisions on their own. And when we make porn this big villain that like, hey, if we just got rid of porn, everything would be fine. No, uh, that's, that's just not the case. I mean, sure, maybe in some pretend world, if that could happen, maybe all the guys looking at porn wouldn't look at porn anymore, but they would do something else. Uh, you were saying adaptive and maladaptive, they would use some other maladaptive resource to deal with the things they're dealing with. So they'd be out of, you know, they'd be out of one hot spot and right in another. So, you know, I, bad, good, whatever, it's not healthy, right? Uh, definitely not healthy. Harping on that isn't going to help anybody. What what we need to do is worry about how do we get people healthy? Because if the person's healthy, then in, uh, it honestly doesn't really matter what environment they're living in. Well, yes, I absolutely agree. And interestingly enough, what I know to be true is that whenever you look at anything as bad, you're more likely to bring up shame because obviously that's what shame is when you feel bad about something. You feel like you are bad. Um, And so you and I both really feel like we don't want a person to feel like they're bad we want them to feel empowered to do something about whatever it is that they don't like about themselves. So I know you compare um, people and addiction to fast food. So tell us a little bit about that metaphor, if you will. Yeah. I've gotten in that conversation every time this this question comes up because I'll I'll run to people and I'll be like, wow, you know, why aren't you – why aren't you harping on the whole anti-porn thing? And I just say, Hey, you know, if that's your, if that's your, if that's your thing, go for it. God bless you. Do what you got to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think porn is very similar to fast food because why we don't want to acknowledge the truth of the situation. The reality is that porn does offer people some sort of value. It's not, it's not a, a good value, right? But, I mean, it, it offers them something. It offers them a feeling of connection. It, also, it offers them sometimes a feeling of control, a, a feeling of false intimacy. It offers them sexual release. Mm-hmm. So it, it offers them some sort of value. Um, but, you know, you keep consuming it. It just erodes the quality of your life. And it's just like fast food. I mean, no one's going to starve to death on fast food. Like, you could eat fast food 24 hours a day, and one thing you're not going to do is starve to death for sure. Um, it will keep mm-hmm. you going. 
but it's going to clog your arteries and shut down your systems. And eventually you're going to die at a pretty early age, probably from a massive heart attack because you've been ingesting all this, this junk in you that's really poison. So same thing, um, you know, real intimacy, real love, real connection that offers us so much more than what porn can offer. But let's not pretend that porn doesn't offer people some sort of value because if it didn't, no one would use it. Yeah, you're exactly right. It, it, and there is some nutritional value, even though it's poor nutrition. There's still some nutritional value. So let's, let's just look at this. You know, would you agree that porn offers false intimacy and false connection? Yes, 100%. Okay. What else do you think that porn does that's maladaptive does serve a purpose? Well, I, it does offer a sense of control, right? I mean, when you're watching porn, you're in complete <laughs> control. Uh, I know just from dealing with a lot of guys and from my own personal history, I mean, one thing that will send guys spiraling is a feeling of lack of control. I mean, one of, uh, one of the things that we've seen a lot of conversations popping up in the live free community is conversations around COVID. And one of the reasons that a lot of guys are so freaked out about it is because they don't feel like they have any control of anything, which at the end of the day taps into, I believe, their their low self-worth issues, right? It's like, hey, I, I don't control anything because I'm, I'm incapable of it. You know, I don't, I don't have what it takes to control my life. So porn, they can completely control. You know, they can turn it on and turn it off whenever they want. It's, uh, it's on their terms. So I think control is a big thing. Like you said, intimacy is a big thing. Um, obviously, sex. And porn also, it, it, you know, it, it offers like a numbing effect. Um, you can numb out with it. So you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling down. You go look at some porn for however long, and you're going to be able to numb out for a while and kind of forget about all that. Now, you know, it'll be there later on, but at least during that time, you can kind of escape. So it offers that too. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, along with that sexual release, it provides that escape, and uh, it does all of this while eroding the quality of our life and our relationships. So real intimacy or real love, does have that real connection factor. What are some ways that men can connect to bring about that intimacy? Well, I mean, you know, it's, when we use the word intimacy, especially as guys, we tend to think man and woman, but I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a romantic word. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's what we're talking about is a deep connection uh, where there's, Hopefully, you know, well, if it's intimate, there's a lack of judgment. There's, you're, you're being fully known for who you are. Um, you're free to express how you think or how you feel. There's an understanding. I'm not saying that, hey, there's a, no issues there. Like, I mean, my wife and I have intimacy. It doesn't mean we don't disagree, but because we have a deep intimacy, like we have the freedom to disagree and then have good talks about it and be honest with each other. So, you know, for a guy who's struggling with this, like intimacy not only can be obviously sought out in their spouse, but it can be sought out in an accountability partner or a community of people, like a support community where they can say, hey, listen, I'm dealing with this stuff and, and I'm struggling and I got these questions and I have these issues. And, you know, they can find a place where they can talk about it without the judgment, without feeling like they have to pretend they're somebody else. They can just be them. And, um, you know, when we can just be raw and say, hey, listen, like it or not, good or bad, this is how I am, this is how I'm feeling, we have that freedom uh, to express it. We can, we can experience a degree of intimacy, right, uh, with those people and, and get a connection that for many guys struggling with this stuff, they, they've lacked most of their life. Yeah, and I know that that's what your ministry really kind of focuses on, is that community. Yeah. Uh, 
And you even believe that that is as important, if not more so, than a lot of the technical aspects to alleviating porn, you know, filters and and uh, software and probably polygraph tests too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I'm not – I don't hate on filters. Sometimes people think I, I am hating on filters, but, you know, these things are tools, right? Um, they're they're – I call them ha- – you know, they're almost like hacks. Like, we should definitely take advantage of the resources and tools out there that are going to help make our lives a little easier. There's nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, especially when it comes to like filters or anything that's meant to basically sanitize your environment and just control uh, the threats, let's just say, what happens is a lot of times we tend to, as guys especially, uh, I, I would assume women have the same issues, but sometimes we tend to lean on these things and almost make them a crutch. So it's, you know, I've heard this, to some degree of uh, variety, obviously, but typical comment you'll see sometimes a guy posts is, oh, man, you know, last night found a loophole in my software. Uh, I, need to, I need to go shore that up and, and lock down my phone better. You know, and so it's like they're really, really relying on those things that keep them out of hot water. And, you know, the problem with the crutch, of course, is when you pull it out, you fall. Right. And, uh, and that's the thing, like none of these things are perfect. None of these are, none of these are foolproof. And, uh, and the reality is even if they're, even if they even if they were foolproof, uh, it's only going to prevent you from being able to find porn on a computer per se, but it's, it's not going to stop you from fantasy. It's not going to stop you from doing other things that could still be maladaptive. So, you know, tools are great. Uh, but you don't want to you don't want to rely on them as like as a functional savior, right? You just use them to help you draw better boundaries. Use them to help simplify your decision making, right? There's nothing wrong with that. If you you live in a sexually saturated culture where you're you find yourself what seems like 24/7 having to say no uh, to things, sure. Why not have to say no to less times a day, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to teach people how to be able to cope with this stuff in a real world uh, without relying on a crutch to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's only going to help them as long as it's there. And in the minute that crutch is there, not there anymore, you know, they're right back where they started. They didn't really get any better. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say very clearly that, you know, if men didn't have porn to rely on, to medicate, to numb, to control, to escape, they would find other things to use. And, you know, I I believe that sometimes those things are equally bad or worse, you know, harmful, or sometimes they look better, but they aren't. Alcoholism. I mean, that keeps somebody disconnected from their sense of self. If they're so busy that they can't even slow down and listen to what their higher power is saying, listen to what their intuition is saying, you know, being that busy is contraindicated and counterproductive. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, I think porn, again, I'm not, I'm not pro porn, okay, but I think porn gets a bad rap uh, in, in, to some regards because it's just an easy thing to pick on or point at. You know, it's it's so for many people it's so odious, it's so distasteful. So it's like, oh, oh you struggle with porn? Ah, gosh, I'd rather you struggle with almost anything else. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, uh, if my addiction is working out, that definitely sounds less objectionable than having a porn addiction. Uh, but at the end of the day, inside, when it comes to my brain health, my heart health, my soul health, all those things, like, I just swap one medication with the other. I mean, I'm not really any better. I'm just using something different. And, uh, but I'm still just, I'm still just as flawed, if you will, when it comes to, you know, how I process things emotionally, how I cope with life. Uh, I still most likely have the same problems dealing with relationships, dealing with stress. Like, I haven't gotten any better. I just happen to 
picked a uh, medication that is less objectionable to society than, say, porn. Yeah, that makes total sense. I agree 100%. And, you know, that's interesting. I heard the word odious twice today, and I had never heard that word before. So (laughs) to have you say it a second time, I'm like, okay, I really need to look that word up. I do believe it was odious was um, actually a man today, a man partner, was talking about the fact that he felt like his wife's behavior was heinous. And I said, what is heinous to you? I know what heinous is to me. It's like despicable, horrible. Um, right. And the, the Webster Dictionary said odious. So here you are talking about odiousness. And, um, you know, one of the things I that you Is that her word? Nah, she was like a vocabulary junkie. Like she would, she loved, she just loved using, you know, I was probably the only kid at, you know, at 13 or 14 that had heard the word odious a lot or or whatever. Like I just, I blame her. She's, I mean, I picked up, I guess, a decent vocabulary from it, but some of it's rather, uh, rather old school. Well, and like I said, I'm 64 and when he said, well, when he was reading that and he said odious, I said, I've never heard of that word. That's interesting. So odious means heinous. Then you used it tonight. And um, let me educate everybody. That's, that's the intellectual part of the self-care program tonight, odious. So let me just talk to you about some things yeah. that you really stand up for. You know, you say that there's nothing wrong with some of the basic um, tools that will slow somebody with problematic compulsive behaviors down, but they can become crutches. And you gave the example of the man that says, I got, I got to lock down my phone. And I find that when I hear a man say, yeah, I got to figure out how to lock down my TV. I got to lock down my phone. They, I, I promise you, are the red, they're going to figure out how to get around that lack of lockdown. They're going to utilize that immediately. It's almost like it sends a message to their brain, hey, something's open, and before you lock it down, you better use it. And so you believe in using these resources as a tool for boundaries and to simplify decision-making, but you, like Patrick Carnes, want addicts to focus on substituting with human connection and with relationships. So how did you figure that out? Uh, I mean, I, I can't take credit for that, but just over over the course of, you know, the last decade, looking at different resources and things that uh, we I had worked with with different organizations, whether it was workshops or accountability software or whatever, um, the the one thing that I always I felt at least that I saw the most life change happening with was in a, an online small groups program I ran, which is actually part of Live Free now. And you know, it's just something about people being able to connect and talk. And I think that's one of the reasons also why some of these other resources tend to fail people because they you know. Take a, take a great workshop. Like, oh, hey, it's a great video course. It teaches you all the ins and outs of what you're dealing with. Awesome. I, I think that stuff's great. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, but some guys flock to that stuff because to them it's like, hey, here's a way I can kind of deal with this without having to tell anybody. Um, I still, you know, so it's like, ah. Like I, I personally have never met somebody who has been able to honestly say they found true freedom and has never told anybody that they just dealt with it 100% on their own. So that's just practical experience. But then, you know, reading, reading books and doing courses and, you know, brain health stuff. I mean, there's no doubt that connection, community, all that stuff like helps with our, our emotional health. It helps with vagal tone. It helps with a lot of these things that are all connected to, why we do the things we do, you know, why, why do some people deal with stress in a very healthy way 
And why do some people deal with stress by looking at porn for four hours a day when they know that that's the last thing they should be doing? You know, I mean, all, all those things come down to, you know, emotional, physical, and even spiritual health and being connected to people, um, having a place where you can be authentic, find real accountability, not just, you know, hey, I, I installed a program. Uh, where you can really talk this stuff out, really process, get people weighing in on things and saying, hey, listen, maybe you should look at it this way. Like, that's all tremendously healthy, and it's going to help you in the long run. It's not a short-run solution. It's not a short-term solution. You know, you jump into a community like ours, it's not like you're going to not look at porn tomorrow. Most likely you will look at porn tomorrow. Uh, we're not about the short-term. We're about the long-term. Like, hey, what are we doing to make sure that we're getting you healthy? Because at some point, hopefully this stuff's going to start to click because – you're going to be able to uh, face these struggles, if you will, and you're going to be able to come out of it victorious instead of just you know, kind of giving in like you always do. Let's talk about um, your mission, uh, Live Free Ministries. I mean, you have three websites, and one is smallgroupsonline.com. So tell us a little bit about your smallgroupsonline.com. Yep. So that's that was actually the the original resource that we started with, and it's a they're basically they're online support groups. Um, they're not twelve step per se or this model or that model. We focus not on curriculum but on community, and uh, it's mo- most of our groups are for men. We have groups for women who deal with sex addiction or whatever you want to call it as well. We also have groups for spouses that are married to men who are dealing with this stuff. So they're trying to get their own healing, right, from uh, from betrayal and that type of thing. So we have those. And uh, the idea is you sign up and uh, you meet weekly with a group of the same group of men or women uh, for about an hour every week via video. Uh, we, use, uh, we use Zoom for that. And then we also – and then you stay in connection throughout the week uh, via like chat tools and things like that. So for the men, they can still connect via direct messaging and all this stuff uh, in the Live Free Community app because we, we give them access to that as a small groups online member. Okay. And so that was the very first um, organization that you put together so that men would have the ability to connect with each other and help each other as well as you know, talk about what works for them. Now, what is www.livefreecommunity.org? So the idea with that was to give men specifically in this case, and we're, we're coming out with a new program as well for women, but um, the idea was to give men a an online community where they could experience connection and uh, network, if you will, with other guys also dealing with the same stuff without the lack of judgment. We also have a bunch of free courses in there. We do we put out a ton of content every week. So the idea was like, hey, let's give you a place where you can connect, where you can get educated, uh, where you can get some, not counseling per se, but counseling in that, hey, we're telling you some of the things you need to know that are going to help you get better. Throw it all in there and uh, let's make it really, really easy to access and really affordable because our small groups on online program is it's $40 a month. Uh, sounds like a lot. I mean, honestly, the expenses are pretty high, so it's not, but you know, not everybody is wants to spend 40 bucks a month because they're not convinced it's going to work. Also the idea of connecting via video with a bunch of people that you never met talking about the one thing you don't want to talk to anybody about you know, that's a little scary. So I wanted to try to set the bar, shall we say, really, really low, where it's like, hey, like, there's no reason to object here. Like, this is this is easy to access. You can sign up anonymously. You can get a ton of value, a ton of content. It doesn't cost a lot. It's like five bucks a month. It's really inexpensive. And we have some great uh, contributors involved in it. I mean, it's not just me. I mean, we have guys like Doug White, who's he contributes in there, um, other organizations, Men of Iron, uh, great therapist named Stephen Luff. So 
we got a lot of guys contributing and helping out <clears throat> in terms of content and stuff. So that was the idea. Like, let's, let's give guys a great place to start, uh, start these conversations. And honestly, when I launched this thing, in my mind, I was like, ah, I don't know how much of a massive change someone's going to feel from this alone, but at least it'll get them started down the right road, right? You know, eight months later, I'm blown away, and I'm not just saying this because it's my, the ministry I run, but the reality is, like, I'm blown away by what I'm seeing, by what guys are sharing, by the comments I get. Uh, just people tell me how things have radically changed in their life since they joined because now they're talking about it. Uh, I had one guy post a while back, but he, he, he messaged me. He said, hey, dude, this app is literally saving my marriage because my wife sees that I'm serious about doing something about it. And I was just like, never imagined that a $5 a month app was going to save someone's marriage. But, you know, that's what he said. So it's been, it's been pretty exciting to see um, a, lot of, a lot of what we've been seeing for the past eight months, and I'm excited about the future. Well, absolutely, and I want to remind my listening audience that I'm talking with Carl Thomas, and he has uh, an organization called Live Free Ministries, and we are talking about um, three websites. We haven't talked about the third yet, but smallgroupsonline.com and livefreecommunity.org, and then what is livefreelife.org? So that is not quite out yet. I mean, the website's down. You can get on the waiting list. We're planning to roll that out in the fall. Um, but that's kind of like this step number two, if you will. So we came out with livefreecommunity.org for men. Live Free Wives, we just use wives, but it's not just for wives. It's for partners, female partners of sex addicts, porn addicts, whatever you want to call it. Um, because we know those people, those ladies, they need, they need support. My wife was one of them for years, and she had nowhere to turn. She had no one to talk to. Uh, she, didn't, she didn't really feel safe or comfortable talking to women at church. You know, so it's, it's hard. And uh, a lot of women, unfortunately, because they don't understand the nature of what, the real nature of what we're dealing with, they take on a lot of shame themselves. They think it's, it's them, and they're not good enough, and and there's just a lot of healing that needs to be done. And if they're not talking about it, it ain't going to happen. So we're coming out with livefreewise.org to offer a basically the same sort of thing, an online community for partners, for women. Um, and it's going to be very much like Live Free for Men. Uh, we're going to have resources and workshops and, uh, you know, contributors and people uh, dumping a ton of content and education in there, but the primary thing that's going to drive that community is the community, the, the, the fact that these women are going to have people that they can actually talk to and share with that understand what they're going through. Well, okay. Obviously, you have made it your mission to put things together to give men the tools to connect and to support each other and really to get through this, through connection. So as we end yep. for today, Carl, um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I mean, they can email me, Carl Thomas at livefreecommunity.org. I mean, that's one way they can get a hold of me. Uh, they can also just, I mean, um, you can go to on Instagram. I don't, I don't even know what my, <laughs> I don't even know what my handle is. I think it's, uh, what is it? My goodness. I'm, I'm hardly, Carl C230. Um, I mean, they can message me on Instagram if they want, but email is probably the best. Or if they just go to, they just go to livefreecommunity.org. We have a contact us form. And um, if they, if they submit something for me, I, I will personally respond to them. Well, that is fantastic. And again, I can't thank you enough. You know, it's interesting. As you said, you were 49? Yeah, I'm 49 right now. Is that, yeah. I know you sound like you're 29. 
Well, I'm hey, I try to stay I try to stay healthy, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't eat fast food, up with all right? of it. No, I try not to. I I stay away from the fast food. I try to I try to eat healthy. So, I understand the value of good nutrition. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and spreading the word. I think these are very, very affordable options and I um I just want to wish you continued success. And when you get that Live Wise, let's see, Live Wise, no, LiveFreeWise.com, yeah, or I want, to, I want to hear more about that because you're right. Women are, really remain isolated, and for so many of them, it's such a secret, and they don't feel like they can get the help they need. They don't want to out yeah. their husbands. So. I'm real excited about this website, www.livefreewise.org. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, I will definitely, definitely keep you in the loop. Thank you very much. Appreciate oh, the time. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. So, so again, Carl recognizes that um, there are lots of opportunities for men to get healthy. There's not just one way. But connection is the most important one. And that's certainly what Patrick Carnes said. And, um, you know, what I believe to be true is that when you know better, you do better. And it's important that you make the choice to connect because connection is the antidote for addiction. I'm Carol Jurgensen-Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach. And speaking of connection, go to my website, www.sexhealthwithcarolthecoach. Get my online course, Help Her Heal, so that then you can, after you finish the course, get into that workshop that I'm going to be having July 18th, helping you figure out how to connect with your wives and If you sign up for the online course and you sign up for that workshop, you can have your wife come for free. Okay, that's a virtual workshop. I'm real excited to be doing it. So, again, go to www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach. I'll catch you next week. And um, there's only going to be one of you at all times. I want you to fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And as I always say, don't I? Make it a great one. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.